even though less than half a percent of nonprofits can take real estate, that little tiny half a percent are actually bringing in $9 billion a year from gifts of real estate. Wow. And experts say that that $9 billion should be $29 billion because 43% of our wealth is held in real estate. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. My name is Cami Baker, and I am an insurance dudette. Awesome. Well, here we go. Boom! Boom! <laughs> All right. Cami Baker, welcome to the Insurance Dudes Podcast. It is awesome to have you here. We have, a, have had a couple realtors in here lately because there's so many similarities between the two business models. So I'm sure that you've been doing this a little while, and you've noticed that there's a, a lot of... Uh, carryover between us lenders and this whole little circle, right? For sure. Well, and I'm not necessarily a real estate agent. I actually help to bring the nonprofit world, mm -hmm. the high net worth property owners and the real estate community together to create the change that we're all wanting to see in the world. Our goal is to fund nonprofits by the billions while Ooh. paying real estate commissions and fees to our insurance friends. So this is a much bigger conversation than just being a real tour. <laughs> yes. So exciting. And I'm super excited to hear all about that. Before we dive in to that and a little bit of your history, we're going to play a game that we call Speed Breakers. So uh, don't think. Answer as quickly as possible. It's rapid fire. And it's some um, uh, to loosen it up a little. You ready? Got it. All right. Cool. Here we go. Have you ever had a mullet? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Perfect. Good. Uh, first crush. First crush, a guy named David. Okay. David. Most embarrassing thing your mom ever caught you doing? <laughs> sneaking out the window. Uh, I got caught so many times sneaking out the window that my parents nailed the window shut. Nailed it <laughs> shut. That was uh, the 70s. That's what they do. Now you'd probably get in trouble for that. So uh, what else we got? We uh, Fastest speed ever driven? 100. 100? That's respectable. Got to get those triple digits. Favorite cereal? Frosted Flakes. How Ooh, many kids? Nice. How many kids have you made cry? How many kids? I have one. <laughs> have you made cry? Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I think I've made, I've made more men cry than kids. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Count Chocula or Count Dracula? Count Dracula. Count Dracula. Nice. nice. Um, have you ever jumped out of an airplane? Absolutely. More than once. Wow. You are crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. I need to do it, but I'm scared to do it. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. That is the correct answer. And the last one, tacos or burritos? Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Hmm, I agree. Mr. Jason? <laughs> Love it. So, Cammie, take us back. What was the first concert that you ever went to? The first concert I went to was Run DMC. Whoa. Yes. That is the best answer. <laughs> that is, ever. I think, the best one that we've ever had. That is the best one. Run, oh. run, D, D, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> and the Where are there? Bad Boys. Yes. No did way. You, did you wear Adidas? No, but I remember wearing a really bright pink neon pink shirt that said fresh on it that was nice. really cool at <laughs> yes so good fresh 
So take us back from Run DMC and the Fat Boys to now. How did you get into doing what you do now and everything? Let us know the deets. The deets. Well, <laughs> I always like to share a little bit of my story of, of being a, a woman in recovery and a single mother when I... Uh, got into real estate. I had moved across the country. I was an entrepreneur as a child. At eight years old, I was selling gum to other kids at a profit and then taking that money and loan sharking it for high interest and collateral before I even knew what these (laughs) words were. And I had owned a bar in Panama City Beach, Florida. So I I was very, uh, very much a go-getter my whole life. And then I found myself making a lot of really poor choices and getting caught up in alcoholism and things like that. But I got sober when I moved to New Hampshire. I I now had a two-year-old little girl. And uh, what happened was my boyfriend and my drinking buddy and my boss were all the same person. Oh, boy. So it was was time to make a change. So I put the plug in the jug, as they say, and I answered an ad uh, that was in the newspaper. And in one of my books, I share, you know, the internet and print, a newspaper. And so when I answered that ad, I became a, uh, a listing coordinator for a real estate agent who did about 125 deals a year. And the beauty of that was I was completely ignorant. I had no idea anything about real estate, but I was hungry. I was uh, determined to make it on my own with my daughter. I needed to make money and I wanted to kind of crawl back up from the hole I had dug for myself. And so over a year and a half, I worked for this gentleman and learned everything about real estate. I did more real estate in a year and a half working for a guy that did that many deals than the average agent does in their whole career. And then I got my license. And when I got licensed, I learned really quickly that social responsibility isn't just the right thing to do. It's a great way to build your business. It's a great way to get out and meet people. And I was able to bring my daughter with me to events and promoting fundraisers and and all that fun stuff. And over the years, I ended up working with all kinds of nonprofits from Ronald McDonald House and Make-A-Wish to the smallest nonprofits in my area. And uh, fast forward, I wrote a book and I got out of real estate and now I am teaching people how to partner nonprofit with for-profit, make money, making a difference, cause marketing campaigns, as we call it. And about two years ago, I was at a conference And I heard the speaker mention the magical words that brought real estate and nonprofit together for me. And that was charitable gifting of real estate. And so I finally found a way that I could fund my nonprofit friends by the billions, that I could help the donors who only have so much cash and time, but who have a lot of assets in the real estate world. And also pay my real estate friends a full commission to list and liquidate these donations. So mm. it was a, it was just a really wonderful um, new addition to my portfolio of ways of helping all of these folks that happened just before the pandemic were canceled. All my speaking engagements were canceled. And it was just a perfect time to learn. Here's a way that nonprofits can get funded without traditional fundraisers without begging people to buy raffle tickets or go to a golf tournament. It's just a beautiful partnership of these two huge worlds of real estate and nonprofit. And of course, insurance, mortgage, loans, title companies, there's so many other businesses in the mix 
that can make money making a difference with how we do this. Mm, I love it. I'd like to dive deeper into knowing exactly how that process works. Sure. So, you know, the bottom line is there's 1.3 million nonprofits in this country. And if you or I were to offer 99% of them $500 cash or the deed to a piece of property worth 500,000, 99% 99% of the time, they would take the 500 cash and that'd be it. Wow. They say no to real estate. It's complicated. It's risky. It might cost money to pay off mortgages and put on a roof and just all the things that happen in real estate. So nonprofits in general have been saying no to real estate since the beginning of time. But there is a tax code. 1917, United States government said, hey, if property owners donate real estate to a 501c3, there's huge tax benefits for them. So what I also learned is that even though less than half a percent of nonprofits can take real estate, that little tiny half a percent are actually bringing in $9 billion a year from gifts of real estate. And experts say that that 9 billion should be 29 billion because 43% of our wealth is held in real estate. So we have a really simple way at the Real Agents of Change to partner the nonprofits and the donors so that the nonprofits have no risk. They never take title. They don't even need to know the address of the property. It could be anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world for that matter. And we have a a way of liquidating the property and giving the proceeds to the nonprofits that they care about. Oh, that is so cool. My brain is swimming. (laughs) Why can only half a percent of the nonprofits get involved in that? Great question, Craig. I mean, the fact is any of them could. They all can by law, except real estate. But when you really think it through, you know, a lot of these properties, let's say there's a mortgage on the property. Uh When someone donates a piece of real estate to a 501c3, that 501c3 has to take title in order to instigate the tax benefit to the donor. Okay. Well, the only way you can take title is if the property is free and clear. So if there's a mortgage on the property or if the donor wants cash from the property, let's say it's a million dollar condo in Florida and they say, you know, I love the Boys and Girls Club. I'd like to give them 500000 but I don't want to give them the whole million. I want to get half of that back in cash. Well, the average nonprofit doesn't have a half million dollars sitting around. They don't know what to do with the strip mall three states away. They wouldn't know how to handle an office building that's 70% vacant. In other words, it's just complicated. It's convoluted. It's risky. So Mm -hmm. even though they can and they could, they simply don't. Most of them have it written in their bylaws that they don't take real estate. And even the ones that do take real estate, they'll take it on a local basis. If it's mortgage free, it's right down the road from the church and it's easy to sell. So basically what I learned about is that there are these things called specialized nonprofits who have been created just to bridge the gap. Donor wants, in this case, Boys and Girls Club to get proceeds from a piece of real estate. Boys and Girls Club doesn't have the wherewithal. They don't have a real estate department. They don't have funds set aside to hold and manage that real estate while it's on the market, et cetera, et cetera. What would happen if it needed a roof or it had radon or God forbid a storm came through and demolished it? Like they just, they don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. So this thing called a specialized nonprofit in the middle, they take title to the property, they pay off mortgages, 
they have all the funds necessary to put on roofs and hold and manage, et cetera, et cetera. So this specialized nonprofit is our partner. And we guarantee that the real estate agents that are hired to list and liquidate these donations get a full commission. So that's basically the gist of how it works. It's really rather simple. And the bigger question is how do we get this out into the community? How do we let the nonprofits know that they can benefit? How do we let our insurance friends and our mortgage friends and our real estate friends and all those people who want to be a bigger contribution to the world know, hey, look, instead of asking our friends to buy more raffle tickets and go to another golf tournament and and donate another raffle basket, et cetera, et cetera. What if we just let people know a gift of real estate on average is $550,000 from one piece of real estate. And that one piece of real estate, it can be divvied up in between one or three or 10 nonprofits. So it just, it gives the donors a whole new way of giving smarter It gives the nonprofits a way of getting funded instead of fundraising. And it gives the real estate and all the other advisors a way to show up as a contribution to the community. Wow. So the middle one is one of the half percent, which then facilitates for any nonprofit. Is that, am I reading that right? Yes. Yes, you are. You're getting it right. And some of these, some of these middle half percent of them, some of them want to keep 70% of the proceeds or 30% of the proceeds. Some of them will, if you donate your real estate, you have to choose from their line of six nonprofits that they work with. One of them that we all know will accept cars or real estate and they will give the donor the tax benefit that they want, but the donor can't choose where the money goes. Uh, That nonprofit has that marketing plan to fund their nonprofit. The one that we work with will work with any and all nonprofits. I wanted to make sure that when I talk to gentlemen like you, if you love the veterans, if you want to help the kids, if there's a local soup kitchen you care about, if there's a breast cancer research place, whoever it is that you love, We love them too. There's 1.3 million nonprofits and we want to help you get them funded and we can help you build your business because of being that beacon of hope, because of being that socially responsible business person. I love that. That is so cool. Super cool. Are there any additional tax benefits other than the donation of the property? Yeah. Is there any, what are the, or what does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like? There there are two. There's two main tax benefits that are easy to talk about just as a general. So first and foremost, the real estate that's donated, there is no capital gains tax to be paid on what is donated. So for example, we have a class that we teach this the third Tuesday of the month. We do it live. And one of the examples we give is if you have a piece of property that's valued at $600,000, it depends. Like there's, a, I'm not a tax accountant. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. You need to get your own consulting and all of this stuff. This is just a general example. Without Same with us. Knowing we are neither the, tax advisors or attorneys. <laughs> right. Well, that's you know, for the so, attorneys. So depending on, depending on how much the person paid for the property and what their tax consequences are, et cetera, in general, 
if there's a $600,000 piece of property, let's just say that that's all capital gains for them. Maybe they got the property for free, right? Okay. They would pay, they would pay, let's say on average 30% for capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, there's $200,000 that instead of going to the government is going to the nonprofit of their choice. Wow. And the other piece of it is, they can write off the full 600000 as the basis for their tax deduction. And if they were to take 600000 cash off of their bottom line, well, there's another 200000 that's not going to the government for income tax. Uh-huh. So wow. there you are the double, double dip. Right. But, mm. but on top of that, here's the thing. 80% of people who donate real estate do it because they are a veteran and they want to help our vets. They do it because they have a house full of cats and they want to save the cat community. They do it because their mother died of breast cancer and they want to help the breast cancer survivors. In other words, they do it for the right reasons, not for the tax advantage. That's just an extra added bonus. And look, 20% of people do it because they want the tax advantage, especially this time of year. You know, we're shooting this in December and November. So November, December, people are thinking about last minute tax deductions. They're also thinking about last minute, how can I help the animal shelter? How can I help more people at Thanksgiving time, et cetera? This is a way for them to give smarter and give seven times more than they normally would because we as a society have less than 3% of our wealth in cash. 43% of our wealth is held in real estate. So this opens up a whole new way for the average donor to give from their wealth bucket instead of their cash reserve. So cool. What are some common misconceptions of this process? To be continue. Hey, Jason. Yes, Mr. Craig. That was another awesome episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get a little bit more action and, and learn how to do uh, write 100000 in premium off yes. of even the worst internet leads? Where could they go? They can go to live.teledudes.com. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Are we going to be there? Yes. It's a weekly call that we're doing right now. That will It's live, and it will show you the process. The entire process mm. is super awesome. Mm. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sign up right now, live.teledudes.com. Live.teledudes.com. That's live.teledudes.com. Hey, Craig, there's a new community that we are starting that I cannot wait to tell everybody about. It is our live texting community where you and I are going to answer people's questions and give them free content, right? Are you kidding me? We get yep. to talk to them? Yeah. Which is awesome, but they have to opt in. They have to text us at 520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. Nice. I'm Greg, are you going to respond to these texts? I'm going to respond to them for sure. Live. I'm into it too. It's going to be well, awesome. And it's, it's going to be our new texting community where we're going to get back to everybody that we can and drop some crazy content, free content, and free um, the calculator that you just came up with. Mm. That's right. 
the calling calculator, sales material. I mean, everything for insurance agents, this is it. It's the best texting community out there for insurance agents. Well, what the heck is that number again? I can't remember it. It's 520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. I love it. I'm going to text it right now. 520-214-2219. All right. I'll see you later, Mr. Jason. Bye, Mr. Craig. Wait, do they even listen to this on the radio anymore? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, All right.